you're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, you're always welcome around our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Thanks for being here today. Front door to the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care settles the overbarker, the overjumper, the dog that tears up the furniture and the carpet when that thunderstorm comes through. People are having great results, enjoying those results with Calming Care. Learn more about it when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. My friend Tom Opry up in Whitefish, Montana, does spectacular work. Through the years, he's captured some of the most incredible video. Long before there were drones, my friend Tom was up close and personal with rhinos and hippos, mountaintop sheep, whitetails, and wilderness. Tom and Olivia Opry are known in the outdoor industry as Premier. If the Opry name is on it, it's well-researched and well-produced. Tom is my special guest on the show today. Actually, he was my guest a couple of weeks ago at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo up on stage. I wanted to talk to him about his new film. It's called Killing the Shepherd. Tom is also the founder of the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Those two titles should give you a clue as to what the movie's about. We, the hunters, fishers, anglers, conservationists, outdoorsmen, and women that are the shepherds of wildlife worldwide are under attack. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. There's a link there to the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Learn more about it and watch the film with your family. You'll see firsthand how what we do helps others survive. Tom and I will talk about the film and the situation in more detail as the show progresses today. We will visit Whitefish, Montana, via the Dallas Safari Club stage a little later on with Tom Opry. Right now, though, let's head to the great state of Florida by way of North Carolina because there's a huge auction tonight for the IGFA, International Game Fish Association. It's a doozy, and you can bid right now. Eric Combast is going to tell us more about it. Welcome to the show, Eric. Good to be here, Billy. Thanks for having me. I want to talk about this huge auction you guys are having tonight, your big gala and auction. A lot of us can't be there in person uh, for the big international auction, but we can join you online, and bidding is open right now for tonight's live auction, correct? That is correct. We've got a bunch of great people coming in the room, fishing legends from around the world, but anybody can join us uh, live and bid live, participate live on the in the event. And the website there, I'll give it to you. It's events.give backslash IGFA22. One more time, a little slower. Events.give backslash IGFA22. And that's the site that we'll be simulcasting the live auction on. Excellent. And we have a link at kinderoutdoors.com. What an auction you guys always put together. This is the 38th annual, so you're not rookies at this at the IGFA. You know you know how to throw a party, and, man, you've got some really cool auction items up for bid. We do. We've been doing this a long time. Started at the Breakers way back many moons ago, and uh, <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time. So we, we've got some great trips. We've got trips for fishermen, um, like on our live auction, we have a – Three days deep drop sword fishing with Mick Stanzik out of Bud and Mary's. Uh, you really can't book Mick anymore. He's so busy with his sword fishing. He's got it dialed in down there. And that also has a stay, I should say, at the Chica Lodge, which is world famous. Got fly fishing the big hole river with I 
IGFA Hall of Famer John Barrett. John's a great guy. You'd have a lot of fun with him. Got things like fishing with the Bad Company, a 92-foot sport fisher. He'll travel the Channel Islands in California just like Zane Gray did. And that, that's a three-day trip. And then we've got things for non-anglers, too, I should mention. We've got a trip for 10 to Tuscany where you'll actually make your own wine and be able to bring your own wine uh, back to the United States or ship it back to the United States. And we've got a Portugal trip that has a luxury villa and a personal chef. So a little something for everybody in the live auction. Yeah, we're talking to Eric Combast with the International Game Fish Association. Everybody has heard of the IGFA, but not everyone knows what that is. What is the IGFA? So the IGFA was founded in 1939, and it is uh, we are best known for world records. If you hear of a world record fish, that is an IGFA, the International Game Fish Association, world record fish. So we're probably best known for our world records. Um, that's what we're certainly founded on, and for rules. Uh, you know, every sport needs a set of rules. Uh, you wouldn't just go out on a golf course and play any old way, and that's the same with fishing. So we are the rule makers across the globe and that was really what, what we were founded upon and youth education we've got to have that next generation of kids out there uh, being the stewards of our sport and we're, we have a lot of youth education programs get them out on their local lakes streams ponds in the ocean get them out there fishing so a lot more than what we started at back way back when real simple and again we have a link for you igfa.org igfa.org to learn more about everything that Eric is talking about here with the International Game Fish Association uh let's let's go back over it one more time if folks want to make a bid today take a look and peruse these auction items where do they go online and how can we make a bid definitely want to go to events.give at igfa22 and get pre-registered, and all the online auctions will be going until 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Excellent. Eric, have a great auction. Good talking to you. Appreciate it, Bill. That's Eric Combast with the IGFA, the International Game Fish Association. Their big deal is tonight. If you own a dog, you really ought to have Fortiflora in the fridge. Keep it handy because they all suffer from GI upset for one reason or another from time to time. And, hey, Fortiflora puts an end to that. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Good morning. This is Jimmy Houston. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, vineyardscampground.com. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. 
The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side. Pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, Never duplicate it. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. The old camp house floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground with Kinder Outdoors. It's rare that my friend Tom Opry and I have the occasion to sit down and visit for an hour, but we did the other day, and we had the recorders rolling on stage at the Dallas Safari Club. The topic, Tom's new movie. Learn all about it at KinderOutdoors.com. It's called Killing the Shepherd. I want to let folks know about you and your wife, Olivia, what you guys do, your background, your history, some of the better videography, outdoor wildlife videography that you've ever seen from really hard to get to places before drones did a lot of the work. Tom was crawling on his belly up on those peaks filming sheep and, and whatever. This has been your passion for a long time. Yeah, you know, Bill, that's uh, that's a great point. You know, I, I've I've been so blessed. I, you know, I grew up in the in the outdoors, hunting and fishing. I grew up in the Midwest. My father wrote for Outdoor Life and Field and Stream for 30 years. So, 
I think I was pretty well indoctrinated into this outdoor lifestyle. And uh, I've been really lucky to watch all the things that have occurred over the years and been involved in outdoor television and online programs and, and a lot of the great advertising. I've been able to work with uh, companies like Trigicon and Matthews Archery and Federal Cartridge. So I've been really, really blessed to have an opportunity to work in the industry. But, uh, you know, we're at a crossroads here in our world. Yeah. You know, we have... Uh, a large percentage of uh, the modern Western world uh, is disconnected from wildlife, disconnected from nature. They don't really understand even where their food comes from. And so, uh, you know, we identified this issue. And, of course, we're starting to see now uh, situations on the political spectrum where legislations out there, uh, there are politicians that are running on their uh, platforms to get elected where they say, hey, vote for me and I'm going to go ahead and ban black bear hunting. I'm going to bear trophy grizzly bear. I'm going to ban this and ban that. Now we're we're looking at the Cecil Act, which has been embedded into different appropriation bills in Congress right now that would make it illegal to bring back any animal parts, you know, especially in the Big Five in Africa. Uh, the U.K. government, uh, the conservative government of Boris Johnson has come out and says, hey, we're going to go ahead and ban almost 7,000 different species from being imported into our country because we want to set that precedence. And the thing is, is uh, Mr. Johnson's wife is a vehement anti-hunter. And the people that they quote from the, on the political side are, are folks that are the people that hate us, yeah. the Born Free Foundation. And they're powerful. They're rich and they're powerful. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Just here in the United States, they're extremely well organized, these organizations. These are animal rights groups. Uh, they are not our friends, and they are not wildlife and habitat conservationists. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't understand what is conservation. We see mainstream media talking about this all the time, and they seem to identify this word conservation with anybody who says, I like wildlife. Yeah. But the reality is they're saying it to the same people that are also supporters of PETA. Right. Well, conservation is the wise use of a natural resource. It's good stewardship. And ever since the 19, early 1900s with T, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, uh, you know, guys like George Bird Grinnell, I mean, these were forward-thinking people that saw what happened after uh, the colonial steamrolling of our ancestors coming through North America from Europe. You know, we pretty well destroyed most of the habitat, and with that, most of the wildlife reserves that we had here. And, you know, we had reasons for doing it, but now we've got people that are smart about it, and we're using science, and, we're, and we've done an incredible job. The, you know, the North American Wildlife Conservation Model is, the, is absolutely the, the most successful wildlife conservation and habitat stewardship model that's ever been created by humankind. Yeah, repeated around the globe. Uh, copied and repeated 100%. around the globe. Yeah. Successfully, over and over and over again. You uh, are uh, a part of something really special. You put this together. The Shepherds of Wildlife. Uh, that's a foundation. What is the yeah. Shepherds, so the Shepherds of, Wildlife. of Wildlife Society? So we identified some years ago. So in 2015, I had a tel television show on NBC Sports called Eye of the Hunter. We were on on Monday nights against Monday Night Football, largest audience in the world for outdoor field sports programming. And uh, a lion named Cecil was shot that July. Uh, that fall, my wife and I were working on a project on alpine ibex conservation in Switzerland. And I got a phone call from the people at NBC. Tom, we love you. We love everything you're doing, but we're no longer going to broadcast outdoor field sports programming. You know, I, we had a great business going, and we were telling a story to a huge number of people. And unfortunately, it just the rug got pulled out from us. So we looked at the situation, we looked at what was going on around in our society, 
And I got together with, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I've done a lot of wildlife work in my life, and I'm very good friends with lots of other wildlife photographers and outdoor filmmakers. So we chose to create a, a 501c3 called the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Our mission, because, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, there's this huge disconnect. Well, our mission is to reconnect modern society with nature. We're utilizing the photography, the phenomenal work from guys like Tony Bynum, Denver Bryan, Mike Fell, uh, you know, just... Uh, great group of individuals and we're using my skill set as a filmmaker to tell stories and and really what we've decided is that uh, you know it, we're a very unique organization because there is no other wildlife conservation organization that's made up of as core of those types of individuals but uh, you know we we've been able to to tell some stories in a way that isn't the standard outdoor hunting fishing way and so right. let's talk about the science let's have the biologist that's all great stuff it's phenomenal we need to have that but we've been losing the battle of, of, of hearts and souls, and it's because we haven't been talking about the emotions about hunting and why humans hunt. But and more importantly, we haven't done a good job of explaining, you know, that, that fire-to-fire situation. You know, so what happened to me is I actually had a, a project come thrown in my lap in 2016 where uh, I was told about a kind of a crazy situation in Zambia uh, where there was a gentleman there uh, who was uh, a guy named Roland Norton and a little safari company called Makasa Safaris. And, but, you know, it was a side business for him. You know, he had an import-export business. And the long and the short of it is one day uh, he had this chief show up on his door, a woman chief, which is pretty rare for that part of Africa. Yeah. And she knocked on his door and she says, I need, I need you to come help me. I have a game concession area that has no quota for hunting because we have basically poached the animals out of existence, almost out of existence. And the area did not, hadn't been hunted legally in two decades, 20 years, um, been mismanaged prior to then. Uh, there have been some, uh, in 20, 2001, 2002, there have been some trophy hunting bans in so much as that they stopped all safari hunting in those countries because of internal problems, corruption, political problems. So there was nobody on the landscape. And that kind of ushered in this wholesale slaughter of wildlife in this area. And there was nobody there to protect it. And so, I mean, it was an area that had the big five. Uh, It had lots of rhino, lots of Cape buffalo, lions, elephants. And I can tell you that those animals didn't walk away. They were killed by poachers, primarily for the bushmeat industry, which is uh, a $2 billion black market. And people don't realize that. Huge. Uh, it's huge. I mean, I, I try to explain to people. It's like we we, we yeah, right here in Dallas. I think there's probably 50 restaurants that offer wild game right on yeah. the menu. You know, everybody thinks, well, that's great. I mean, well, you go to Africa, bush meat is a big deal. We uh, an interesting side note. Uh, this last summer, uh, my one of my youngest children is a soccer player, and so we put her into this camp in the summertime where it's the U.K. soccer camp. So these Brits come over to the U.S. and teach kids how to play soccer the U.K. Yeah. way. Well, one of their coaches was from Nigeria. It was a black man from Nigeria, and they didn't need a place to stay because of COVID. Nobody else would let them do it, so we put them up at our house. You know, my wife Olivia is always like, yeah, come, we got plenty of room. We stay at yeah. our house. So we had these three coaches in there, and uh, I had just received some photos from, uh, from the folks from Zambia about, uh, um, you know, arresting some some poachers and some packages of meat in these photos and i just happened to show the pictures to this uk soccer coach from nigeria 
And immediately it's just, oh, man, that's bush meat. That's good stuff. Wow. It, you know, it's just, and the reason why I bring it up, you can go to Scandinavia and you can, you can hunt uh, the moose and, you know, caribou, which is, you know, reindeer, is, is a national dish. You can buy yeah. it at a grocery store. Exactly. I've got another friend who's in Scotland who has uh, Highland Game. And he, he has multi-million pound contracts with grocery stores to supply venison. Wow. Package venison to people there in, yeah. in London. Wow. People love it. But here in the United States, a lot of people don't know that trade even exists. Oh, well, we don't because we have what's called the Lacey Act here, which makes it illegal to sell wild game sure. for commercial purposes. We have these barriers, and we have a problem with this disconnect. So, you know, people get their information about nature from Walt Disney. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. It naturally settles the overactive dog. Interesting stuff from my friend Tom Opry, and there's a lot more to come after we make a little run to the coffee pot. This is Wayne LaPierre, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Outdoor Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17. Bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle, and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. I'm Tom Watson with Bended Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says the tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. We've camped on the ground and in five-star lodges. I've never found a more welcome camp than this one, Kender Outdoors. My friends at Orvis and Beretta agree with me that it just doesn't get any better than Joshua Creek Ranch down by San Antonio, Texas. It's premier upland bird hunting, some of the finest on planet Earth. In fact, if you'd like to hunt with them this year, you might want to give them a call now and book for this fall. It's stacking up pretty heavy down there. The lodging, the dining, the chicken fried axis. <laughs> it's just marvelous. Joshua Creek Ranch. You got to go. Take the family. Everybody's going to love it. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten. My friend Tom Oprey has a new film. It's called Killing the Shepherd. And you and your family need to see it. He and I had a conversation about it at the Dallas Safari Club get-together a couple of weeks ago. So the film is about this community who, I mean, the kids were dying 
of starvation yeah. when the Nortons first got there. And they bought Mealy Meal. And, of course, there was no NGOs there. There was no UN. There was no yeah. Save the Children. And the government doesn't have the resources to help these people. Right. So it was really phenomenal. They came in there and they created a, a business model where they wanted to help these people. You know, not give them things, but help them up the first couple rungs of the ladder to prosperity, to yep. get out of this absolute impoverishment. And they built a fish farm. Yep. Now, so they built uh, five or six 30,000-gallon above-ground fish tanks, and it's all cycled, and they can grow all these fish. And the idea was to give them an alternative protein source instead wow. of killing the game and give them jobs so they could buy food. And, of yeah. course, nothing's ever given away. Right. Everybody has, there's a lot of bartering going on, but everybody has to pay for what they get, but they get it at cost. And what it did is it created this whole mindset where the wildlife would have a value. Now, the first time I went there was in May of 2017. I don't think I saw 20 animals in the two weeks I was there. Hmm. In Africa, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, you know, we're used to seeing these herds of animals in Tanzania. And yeah. the I mean, this is a, a very remote place. It's, it's a Mopani forest. Uh, it's ringed by Rift Valley uh, cliffs and, and mountainous, you know, somewhat semi-mountainous areas, but very yeah. rugged, very remote. It's not big open plains. Right. But there is enough places where you can see the wildlife if they're there. And there's this incredible habitat, but there was no wildlife. Wow. Because they were all being killed by poachers. Yeah. And the poachers were using dogs. They'd run the animals until they get tired, then they would yeah. spear them. They would take rebar and sharpen it, put it the end of a stout pole, and they would kill the animals that way. Some of them made their own uh, homemade shotguns and muzzleloaders. Crazy-looking things. They looked yeah. like out of a science project, but these guys would shoot these things, and I'd be like, oh, my. Yeah. Uh, and then the and they're lethal. Is, yeah, and then the other thing is, is, the, is the wire snares. Yeah. You know, the wire snares, you know, guys. Unbelievably cruel. You can put up a hundred of these things around a water hole because everything has to come to drink. Yeah. So if you put these wire snares around there, one poacher can put a hundred out in a week. And he may come back and pick up an animal or two. He may leave the other 98 of them alone. Yeah. And they continue to kill indiscriminately. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and the thing about those snares that is so detrimental Typically in Africa, almost all, no, the male species of these animals, the, the, the antelope species, the males, have horns. Yeah. So when they get their heads into these snares, almost always that horn will hit some part of the wire snare, and it makes a very unnatural sound. Yeah. And almost always they stop and they back out. But the female and the young with no horns, when they feel that pressure of that snare on their neck, it's that, that instinct to fly, yeah. to get away, and it kills them immediately. So we lost entire generations yeah. of these antelope species. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. If people want to take a closer look at the Shepherds of Wildlife, they can go online and check it out. Yes, shepherdsofwildlife.org. Dot org. Uh, yep, dot org. So we're 51C3. Uh, if folks want to watch the film, you can go there, or you can go to killingtheshepherd.com. It's available yeah. on our website. And over the course of 2022, it'll start to roll out on different yeah. Platforms, you'll start probably seeing on Amazon, uh, Tubi, Pluto, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, film, um, Killing the Shepherd is, uh, is the name of it. Boy, that's, that's pretty graphic right off the bat. Gets your attention. And then you start watching the film and you see why. This is a graphic matter. You know, the real world of Africa is not a simple or, you know, it's very complex um, it's a difficult place. You know, death is you know, it's really looked at differently than we do here in America. We take a lot of things for granted. We're very, very blessed to have the things we have. You know, we have, you know, you can go down to the grocery store, you can have food. We've outsourced our killing. So we can have, you know, I, I like to tell people, it's like, you know, how many people in the room here have ever bought a McDonald's Happy Meal? Raise your hand if you yeah. bought one. Okay, everybody in the room's bought one. Okay, well, let me explain something to you here. 
There's nothing happy about a Happy Meal. There's nothing happy about a Happy Meal. It doesn't matter if you got the cheeseburger or the chicken nuggets. You paid someone to raise and slaughter an animal to feed your kid. And that's okay, because without the death of about 82 billion land-based animals annually on this planet, humanity ceases to exist. We've been hunting for a long time. We've been eating animals for a long time. In some cases, we get eaten, too. Yeah. You know, that circle of life goes on. So the biggest problem we have, and this is what we're seeing in Africa, we're seeing other parts of the world, is that there is a tidal wave of humanity. What, seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet? Never seen these numbers of people before? Well, what do we do? We need to have food. So we continue to cut down forests, cut down jungles, drain marshes and swamps in order to cultivate more food. And what happens when you go in places like where I'm at in Zambia, this is substandard soils. They are not equipped to handle yep. the type of agriculture that they're trying to grow, which is maize or corn, which is you know, native to North America. It needs a lot of nutrients in the soil. It needs a lot of water. It doesn't work very well sometimes for these folks. Plus, you've got all kinds of other factors trying to eat this stuff. Yeah. You know, baboons, primates love corn just like we do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. do warthogs. Yeah. <laughs> so do hippos. Right. So, you know, so you've got all these things, and army ants, and you know, there's just so many difficult things. So, But, yeah, we have this huge amount of people out there on the landscape across the world, and we're destroying all this habitat. Yeah. So if we destroy all the habitat, then we're not going to have a question about whether or not we can hunt these animals because they're just not going to exist. Yeah. We are uh, talking to Tom Oprey about his brand-new film. It's called Killing the Shepherd. Uh, very quickly, where can we see it now? When will it be rolling out in other places? Well, right now you can go to killingtheshepherd.com. That's okay. probably the easiest place. We have a digital release going on our website uh, through the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. And then from there, it'll start to roll out. It'll be on DVD, Blu-ray through the website. And then it'll also go on to various platforms. So you'll be able to Google it, show up. But if you go to any of our uh, Facebook uh, Twitter, Instagram accounts for the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Uh, you'll be able to see regular updates on what we're doing. There'll be trailers for the film, sneak peeks, so you can get an idea what it's all about. This is not a hunting film. Right. This is a film. I, I, I'll be real. You know, this film, when we first put it together, it took us three and a half years. I spent probably about 100, 120 days in country, embedded with Game Scouts, in the communities, sitting with these people eating, you know, trying to focus on the wildlife to see what was happening, and, and, and an incredible story with the wildlife. I noticed you spent a lot of time with the villagers. Well, yeah, again, that's the story. Yeah. You know, we can't sit here and keep saying, well, how great hunters are. Look what we've done. Look what we've done for the last 120, 30 years. It doesn't resonate with the broader public. And, again, like I said, the politicization is going on. These people are voters. Yeah. And if they go to the poll and they're going to vote for XYZ, you know, candidate or uh, you know, sign. You know, there's IP13 in Oregon right now. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's a, a a drive to get signatures to put on the ballot in Oregon to make it a felony, an automatic felony, to kill any animal, wow. domestic or wild. Wow. So you want to talk about? And again, it, it's about mob rules in this case. But you got to remember, here in North America, here in the United States, only about five or six percent of the population buys a hunting license in any yeah. given year. So if that's the case, you know, in an election, 50% plus one wins the day, right? Yep. So that means we're about 45% plus one behind before we even show up at the ballot box. Yeah, I was uh, at a youth, uh, a youth event yesterday morning. We were teaching them some outdoor skills. Uh, and uh, one of the instructors and I were visiting, and he said, what do you think the average age of the uh, North American hunter is now? You want to take a stab at that? You're probably going to get pretty close. I'm going to say 55? 54. Okay, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, 54. I'm that 54, by the way. In 10 to 15 years, 
we are going to be dinosaurs. We're going to be extinct if we don't do something about this. The new film is called Killing the Shepherd. Tom Opry put the work into it. You need to see it, along with your whole family. We've got to take a little break, but we'll be right back. Kinder. Outdoors.com if you want to learn more. Hi, this is Tuff Edelman, world champion bull rider. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. You know, this is a fast-changing world. As a matter of fact, you may not recognize your little universe as compared to just two years ago. But... There are some bedrock stepping stones that'll take you through tough times. If you want to catch the girl, be nice. If you want to catch the ball, use both hands. And if you want to catch the fish, start early. About 6.45. And stick with what's dependable, like Chevy trucks. At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we work hard every day to be dependable in delivering you and your precious cargo to the fishing hole, whether that's across the county or the country, and back again. At Classic Chevrolet, we can't make love grow, (laughs) but we can be dependable in making sure that you're there when it does. Have you ever hugged or kissed a fish before? Yep. (laughs) ClassicChevrolet.com. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granbury, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Bagara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. 
Teskies Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskies Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader. Deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskies Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. Redfish on the fly rod, fresh walleye in a skillet, big tom turkeys running to your call, a massive 6x6 within 30 yards, and a new personal best in the bass boat. That's life at our camp at Kender Outdoors. Hey, uh, when you travel to Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country for that five-star upland bird hunting experience, you need to remember to pack a couple of things. Your bird dog, yes, they welcome your dog. Your fly rod, crystal clear Joshua Creek runs right through the middle of the place, and the Guadalupe River is the boundary. But listen, if you forget the dog and leave him at home, or maybe the fly rod, don't worry. They've got a kennel with about 100 dogs in it ready to go, all fully trained and top-notch, and a five-star fly shop as well. The main thing is, go see them. Visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch. Book a trip. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Let's get back to my conversation with Tom Oprey, filmmaker, conservationist, founder of the Shepherds of Wildlife Society, and his latest film is called Killing the Shepherd. It's not rocket science here, Billy. People want to have you know, a healthy environment to live in. They want to have clean water, clean rivers and streams. They want to have healthy forests. They want to have vibrant wildlife populations. Well, it's the hunters who were hunting spending their money and putting their time into it because let's face it anytime you have something you care about you're going to take you're going to take care of it yeah and when we do that what we've seen in the last 120 years is that we care about deer and turkey and quail we care about lions and elephants we care about our argali sheep species around the world and there is not a single species of animal that's been legally hunted using science as a management tool that has ever even been put on the endangered list, let alone become extinct. Matter yeah. of fact, it's a complete opposite. Yeah. You know, whether it be rhinos or, I mean, look at the white-tailed deer populations in North America. I mean, our ancestors didn't see these numbers. Same thing with turkeys. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that responsibility. It's about being a good steward of the land and making sure that we leave this planet better than the way we found it. Tom Oprey's new film is called Killing the Shepherd. I highly recommend you go online and uh, and watch it. Can my 10-year-old granddaughter watch this, or is she a little young? No, no. You know, it's she'll, a difficult film. It. It's a difficult film, but I, they will get it. It's done in a very tasteful way. I mean, there's there's, not, there's no crazy things in it. Yeah. Uh, we do go on on some raids, and we do capture guns from you know from folks and whatnot from poachers. But one of the coolest things about this project is. Uh, I came back from the very first shoot, and uh, I filmed a slab of concrete with some concrete blocks next to it, next to a, a hand well. And the operator said that, well, that was supposed to be a school, but, you know, the people ran out of money. The community did, and they weren't able to build it. And my father-in-law, Dr. Peter Nalos from African Children's Schools, he had started this nonprofit about a dozen years ago because um, he was out hunting in Ethiopia, and he said, hey, 
I see a need here. And he had this epiphany. And he says, instead of me hunting, I'm going to go ahead and build schools in the bush for kids. And so to date, they've built close to 60 schools. We've got a couple orphanages. But I showed this video to him. He's visiting the family. He's like, wow, that's really cool. What's going on here? And I explained to him. And he's like, well, you know I have a nonprofit that builds schools, don't you? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm just a filmmaker. So, And uh, I, uh, the next day, we were on a WhatsApp call with the Nortons at Macasa Safaris. Nice. And by a, within a week, the nonprofit had wired to them half of the proceeds to build three schools. Wow. And it ended up not only building three schools, uh, but we were able to, to build uh, the, the latrines that have to go with them and then provide the uniforms. And the coolest thing, though, there's two huge things here. There was one school that was close to the river. It was set up for about 80 kids. Hmm. Within the first three months, there was about 380 kids attending the school. They were coming across the river in dugouts and not even in the hunting area concession yeah. from a different area. And uh, these kids were going to school for the first time in their lives. Probably That's 800 crazy. to 900 kids are going to school for the first time because wow. I took my cameras to that area. And they're learning English, which wow. is the language, is the international language of commerce. Huh. And these are the next leaders of yeah. their country. That's and their understanding right. and, and that what we've been able to provide as hunters is given them the opportunity to break out of those bonds of poverty. And it's such a wonderful thing that yeah. to see that. It's very humbling. Sure. And uh, so that's one of the just the greatest things that I've experienced from this project. Because, you know, let's face it, at the end of the day, if we don't take care of these things, they're going to go away. Yeah. And we're going to lose them. And we're losing things faster than, than you can believe. If you think it's only about lions and leopards and elephants and rhinos, i got something here for you. Yeah. Look what IB, IP13 is doing yeah. in Oregon. Exactly. It's not just your, it'll be your turkeys, it'll be your deer, it'll be your ducks, it'll be your quail, it'll be your pheasant. And all it takes is 50% plus one. Uh, I want to talk one more time about the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. For those that are just joining us in a nutshell, what is that? So basically, uh, it's a nonprofit, 501c3, and uh, we started it in its core. It's a very unique wildlife conservation and habitat stewardship group in so much as it's made up of its core of wildlife photographers and outdoor filmmakers. We see what's going on in nature every day. We're out there documenting it. But we also see man's impact, and it's not good. And so the reality is, is we said, well, we've got this phenomenal photography and great filmmaking. Let's go ahead and tell these stories of people and their relationship with wildlife. So my goal as a filmmaker now and as our organization is to give a voice to these rural indigenous communities. And these rural indigenous communities doesn't mean it's something out of National Geographic. It's not somebody just in Zambia. It could be somebody in Scotland in the Highlands. It can be somebody in Montana, Montana Ranch and family dealing with wolves and dealing with grizzly bears and dealing with you know, large nonprofits that are buying up you know, hundreds and thousands of square miles and taking it out of production and affecting their livelihoods. These are the stories we have to tell because that's what resonates with the broader public. They understand that. You can't talk about hundreds of millions of dollars spent on conservation or billions of dollars. You can't talk about millions of acres. That's all fine and dandy. But you're going to lose the minute you go and talk to that 39-year-old housewife in Hoboken, New Jersey. You've got to hit them with that emotional aspect. Will these people have an opportunity to have food stability? Are they going to have a job? Are they going to be able to make two ends meet? Are they going to have access to health care? Are they going to have an opportunity to let their kids get an education? We take that for granted. Hey, uh, check it out. It's called Killing the Shepherd from my friend Tom Opry. I know most of you are familiar with Tom's spectacular work. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, you know, there was one little thing I wanted to remind people yes. on this film. Um, you know, we put it in a bunch of film festivals. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah. You know, and honestly, I, uh, we, we do talk about hunting in the film, and it's obviously pro 
uh, probe, you know, towards hunting. And the reality, I thought, was I might get in five or six film festivals if I was lucky. Today, or as of this week, we've been uh, selected by 39 different film festivals all over the world. That's awesome. And we've won 20 major awards for the film, everything from Best Documentary Feature to Best Cinematography. But probably the most important awards that we've won is about a half dozen awards for Best Indigenous Film, Social and, and Wildlife Issues, uh, and Human Rights. Awesome. And that's really what that's this has to be about. It's all about people, and it's about our relationship with our wildlife resources and the responsibility we have yeah. to take care of them. And if we don't, they're going to be gone. Very important stuff. Filmmaker Tom Oprey talking about the new film, Killing the Shepherd. This is so important that we're going to repeat this conversation in the second hour of our show today. So take this moment to call someone you know. Send them to kinderoutdoors.com or your local radio station or satellite channel. Tell them to tune in. It's important. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute. A focus on people that make a difference. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, another big hour of Kinder Outdoors is next. warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors. And I'm Billy Kinder, really glad that you're a part of our campfire this weekend. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel. And yes, there is a formula specifically built for your dog, no matter the age or the lifestyle. Check out all the great ProPlan formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. In case you missed it or missed part of it last hour, a really important conversation today with Tom Oprey. Tom has captured some of the finest wildlife film over the past couple of decades. And he has a movie. It's brand new. It's called Killing the Shepherd. And if you have any interest in wildlife whatsoever... You enjoy hunting, fishing, photographing, watching wildlife, then you really need to see this film. We're going to repeat a conversation that we had last hour with Tom Oprey coming up. I want you to drop by kinderoutdoors.com. Take a look at the bragging board and see what these two brothers did, Matt and Leif Messer. 
They fish for Kentucky Christian University. And they have won the 2022 Strike King Bassmaster College Series at the Harris Chain of Lakes. On day one, they brought in a colossal bag of 25 pounds, 6 ounces. But wait just a minute, it gets better. The next day at the final weigh-in, how about 36 pounds, 7 ounces, a two-day total of 61 pounds and 13 ounces. Go look at these giant bass and big smiles from the Messer Brothers at kinderoutdoors.com. Wow. It's time to turn your applications in for a lot of different hunts like Arizona. The deadline to apply for the 2022 hunt permit tags issued through the draw process for pronghorn and elk is February 8th. You have a week and a couple of days to get in on that Arizona elk or pronghorn draw. The application period for Utah's big game hunts, bighorn sheep, bison, elk, moose, mountain goat, mule deer, and pronghorn, it opened up a couple of days ago, Thursday morning, closes March 3rd, but that application period is open right now for Utah. Hunting applications for non-resident elk, resident and non-resident spring turkey, and the super tag in Wyoming are due by January 31st at midnight. That's two days from now. Down at LaSalle Parish, Louisiana, on January 15th, Adam Walker, 35 years old from Marksville, and William Cleghorn, 41 years old of Centerpoint, Louisiana, were deer hunting. You can't hunt deer at night in Louisiana, and they were. Adam was driving, and he was intoxicated. They were hunting with an illegal weapon, had an open bottle of alcohol in a motor vehicle, hunting deer off of a public road, and didn't tag the animal. Oh, and by the way, there was a 14-year-old juvenile in the passenger seat. The kiddo belonged to William. Outside of that stuff, everything was A-OK. <laughs> I didn't take the time to tally up how much these fines are going to be, but when you pile them all up, it's a lot. Jim Pryor took the time to send me a note after the show last week. He lives down in Temple, Texas. He said, hey, Billy, I just finished listening to your show, especially enjoyed the story of hunting quail over bird dogs with 20-gauge shotguns as evidence of intelligent design. That's one of my favorite pieces, too, Jim. That's a Ray Sasser piece from the past. Jim went on to say thank you from a loyal fan and former quail, dove, pheasant, turkey, duck, and goose hunter during a well-spent youth. I can tell, Jim. Thanks for the note. Glad you enjoy the show. Moose are not scared of your snowmobile. And the good folks with Colorado Parks and Wildlife sent a note this week saying, Billy, please remind everybody that moose are not frightened by snowmobiles, ATVs, or other vehicles. They do like to travel on packed trails and will avoid deeper snow. A lot of times that means... Yep, your snowmobile and that mad moose are sharing the same real estate. Back off, because he more than likely won't. If you encounter a moose on a trail, use an alternate route or allow the moose time to leave the area. A moose that walks slowly towards you may be about to thump you. Watch for signs of aggression like ears laid back, raised hairs on the back, or is he licking his snout? If so, slowly back away toward a safe location 
And if he charges run fast as you can and put something large like a tree or a car between you and the moose, I don't know how long it's been since you prayed, but this would be a good time for that as well. When the Boone and Crockett Club was first created, the two dozen men agreed that the first purpose of the club would be to, quote, promote manly sport with a rifle. That dog don't hunt no more. Boone and Crockett, just this past week, posted a gallery of photos with really cool captions about ladies in the field over the past 100 years or so. Go look at that. The link is at kinderoutdoors.com. Look at the mule deer that Celia Garcia took near Chama, New Mexico back in 1963. About 192 and 3 eighths inches. And there's a whole lot more. Check it out. Kinderoutdoors.com. Quail in West Texas, few and far between again this year. The dogs are running hard. They're trying their best, but they're doing a lot of running and very little pointing. Feed them good at the end of the day. They're giving you their all. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, I'm Walter Perry. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Outdoor Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17. Bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled 
but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817-797-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordoba Doves. We pick you up at the airport, and you're in our care custody and control. All meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. The first morning, the fly off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds, almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. God for the freedom, our men and women that defend it, and the Constitution that guarantees it. Welcome to camp with Kinder Outdoors. Fortiflora is America's number one canine probiotic. It comes to us from the very trusted and smart people at Purina, and a lot of really smart dog people that I know personally keep Fortiflora on hand because all of our dogs suffer from GI upset from time to time. Hey, it's a pretty good idea. Forta flora keep it in the fridge i've had really good comments already about tom opry's new movie killing the shepherd in case you missed my conversation with tom last hour we're going to do it again this hour he and i were able to sit down together on stage at the dallas safari club convention and expo on the conservation stage just a couple of weeks ago a large percentage of uh, the modern western world uh, is disconnected from wildlife disconnected from nature they don't really understand even where their food comes from. And so, uh, you know, we identified this issue. And, of course, we're starting to see now uh, situations on the political spectrum where legislations out there, uh, there are politicians that are running on their uh, platforms to get elected where they say, hey, vote for me, and I'm going to go ahead and ban black bear hunting. I'm going to bear trophy grizzly bear. I'm going to ban this and ban that. Now we're, we're looking at the Cecil Act, which has been embedded into different appropriation bills in Congress right now that would make it illegal to bring back any animal parts, you know, especially in the Big Five in Africa. Uh, the U.K. government, uh, the conservative government of Boris Johnson has come out and says, hey, we're going to go ahead and ban almost 7,000 different species from being imported into our country because we want to set that precedence. And the thing is, is uh, Mr. Johnson's wife is a vehement anti-hunter. And the people that they quote from the, on the political side are, are folks that are the people that hate us. 
yeah. the Born Free Foundation. And they're powerful. They're rich and they're powerful. Oh, it's it's crazy. Just here in the United States, they're extremely well organized. These organizations, these are animal rights groups. Uh, they are not our friends, and they are not wildlife and habitat conservationists. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't understand what is conservation. We see mainstream media talking about this all the time, and they seem to identify this word conservation with anybody who says, I like wildlife. Yeah. But the reality is they're saying it to the same people that are also supporters of PETA. Right. Well, conservation is the wise use of a natural resource. It's good stewardship. And ever since the 19, early 1900s with T, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, uh, you know, guys like George Berg Grinnell, I mean, these were forward-thinking people that saw what happened after uh, the colonial steamrolling of our ancestors coming through North America from Europe. You know, we pretty well destroyed most of the habitat, and with that, most of the wildlife reserves that we had here. And, you know, we had reasons for doing it, but now we've got people that are smart about it, and we're using science, and, we're, and we've done an incredible job. The, you know, the North American Wildlife Conservation Model is, the, is absolutely the, the most successful wildlife conservation and habitat stewardship model that's ever been created by humankind. Yeah, repeated around the globe. Uh, copied and repeated 100%. around the globe. Yeah. Successfully, over and over and over again. You... Uh, are uh, a part of something really special. You put this together, the Shepherds of Wildlife. Uh, that's a foundation. What is yeah. the Shepherds of So the of Shepherds Wildlife. of Wildlife Society, so we identified some years ago. So in 2015, I had a tel- television show on NBC Sports called Eye of the Hunter. We were on on Monday nights against Monday Night Football, largest audience in the world for outdoor field sports programming. And uh, a lion named Cecil was shot that July. Uh, that fall, my wife and I were working on a project on alpine ibex conservation in Switzerland. And I got a phone call from the people at NBC. Tom, we love you. We love everything you're doing, but we're no longer going to broadcast outdoor field sports programming. You know, I, we had a great business going, and we were telling a story to a huge number of people. And unfortunately, it just the rug got pulled out from us. So we looked at the situation. We looked at what was going on around in our society. And I got together with, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I've done a lot of wildlife work in my life, and I'm very good friends with lots of other wildlife photographers and outdoor filmmakers. So we chose to create a, a 501c3 called the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Our mission, because, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, there's this huge disconnect. Well, our mission is to reconnect modern society with nature. We're utilizing the photography, the phenomenal work from guys like Tony Bynum, Denver Bryan, Mike Fell, uh, you know, just... Uh, great group of individuals and we're using my skill set as a filmmaker to tell stories and and really what we've decided is that uh, you know it, we're a very unique organization because there is no other wildlife conservation organization that's made up of as core of those types of individuals but uh, you know we we've been able to to tell some stories in a way that isn't the standard outdoor hunting fishing way and so let's talk about the science let's have the biologists that's all great stuff it's phenomenal we need to have that but we've been losing the battle of, of, of hearts and souls, and it's because we haven't been talking about the emotions about hunting and why humans hunt. But and more importantly, we haven't done a good job of explaining, you know, that, that fire-to-fire situation. You know, so what happened to me is I actually had a, 
a project come thrown in my lap in 2016 where uh, I was told about a kind of a crazy situation in Zambia uh, where there was a gentleman there uh, who was uh, a guy named Roland Norton and a little safari company called Makasa Safaris. And, but, you know, it was a side business for him. You know, he had an import-export business. And the long and the short of it is one day uh, he had this chief show up on his door, a woman chief, which is pretty rare for that part of Africa. Yeah. And she knocked on his door and she says, I need, I need you to come help me. I have a game concession area that has no quota for hunting because we have basically poached the animals out of existence, almost out of existence. And the area did not, hadn't been hunted legally in two decades, 20 years, um, been mismanaged prior to then. Uh, there have been some, uh, in 2001, 2002, there have been some trophy hunting bans in so much as that they stopped all safari hunting in those countries because of internal problems, corruption, political problems. So there was nobody on the landscape. And that kind of ushered in this wholesale slaughter of wildlife in this area. And there was nobody there to protect it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was an area that had the big five. Uh, it had lots of rhino, lots of Cape buffalo, lions, elephants. And I can tell you that those animals didn't walk away. Yeah. They were killed by poachers, yeah. primarily for the bushmeat industry, which is uh, it's a $2 billion black market. And people don't realize that. Huge. Uh, it's huge. I mean, I, I try to explain to people. It's like we, we, we yeah, right here in Dallas. I think there's probably 50 restaurants that offer wild game right on yeah. the menu. You know, everybody thinks, well, that's great. I mean, well, you go to Africa, bush meat is a big deal. We, uh, an interesting side note, uh, this last summer, uh, my one of my youngest children is a soccer player, and so we put her into this camp in the summertime where it's the UK soccer camp. So these Brits come over to the US and teach kids how to play soccer the UK yeah. way. Well, one of their coaches was from Nigeria. It was a black man from Nigeria and they didn't need a place to stay because of COVID nobody else would let them do it. So we put them up at our house. You know, my wife Olivia is always like, yeah, come, we got plenty of room. You stay at yeah. our house. So we had these three coaches in there and uh, I had just received some photos from uh, the folks in Zambia about, uh, um, you know, arresting some some poachers and some packages of meat in these photos and i just happened to show the pictures to this uk soccer coach from nigeria and immediately says oh man that's bush meat that's good stuff wow you know it's just and the reason why i bring it up you can go to scandinavia and you can you can hunt uh, the moose and you know caribou which is you know reindeer is is a national dish you can buy it at a grocery store exactly i've got another friend who's in scotland who has uh, highland game and he has multi-million pound contracts with grocery stores to supply venison. Wow. Package venison to people there in, yeah. in London. Wow. People love it. But here and in the United States. A lot of people States, don't know that trade even exists. Oh, well, we don't because we have what's called the Lacey Act here. Yeah. Which makes it illegal to sell wild game sure. for commercial purposes. Exactly. So uh, we have these barriers, and we have a problem with this disconnect. So you know, people get their information about nature from Walt Disney. Yeah. Or the BBC and, you know, Sir Attenborough and you know, these wonderful, beautiful, glossy nature documentaries. Yeah. Right. But they don't, the problem with that is that those nature documentaries omit one glaring thing. The 10,000 pound gorilla in the room. Us. Tom Oprey from Whitefish, Montana is right on the money. Spot on with his new movie called Killing the Shepherd. There's much more and we'll continue with Tom when we come back from the coffee pot. Thank you for hanging out at our campfire today at Kinder Outdoors. Hello, I'm Corey Mason, Executive Director with Dallas Safari Club, and this is our Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of our free state, 
the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant western Canada red cedar lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef. Oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com you know as bird hunters and bird dog owners we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years and if you like me don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. 
All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. Nestra sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his Nastra championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and Nastra's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth. Who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. In God we trust. That fishing story you just told? Not so much. Come on, it's camp house time at Kinder Outdoors. That critter that you just heard screaming in the night there, I recorded that at Joshua Creek Ranch. That is a Axis bull. Axis deer are my absolute favorite hunt and absolute favorite protein. Better than beef. Talk to my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch, the award-winning Joshua Creek Ranch, about Axis deer, white tails, turkeys, and of course, the upland birds are spectacular. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, let's get back on stage at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo with outdoor filmmaker Tom Opry, and his new film is the topic of our conversation. It's called Killing the Shepherd. So the film is about this community who, I mean, the kids were dying of starvation yeah. when the Nortons first got there. And they bought Mealy Meal. And, of course, there was no NGOs there. There was no UN. There was no Save yeah. the Children. And the government doesn't have the resources to help these people. Right. So it was really phenomenal. They came in there and they created a, a business model where they wanted to help these people. You know, not give them things, but help them up the first couple rungs of the ladder to prosperity, to yep. get out of this absolute impoverishment. And they built a fish farm. Yep. Now, so they built uh, five or six 30,000-gallon above-ground fish tanks, and it's all cycled, and they can grow all these fish. And the idea was to give them an alternative protein source instead wow. of killing the game and give them jobs so they could buy food. And, of yeah. course, nothing's ever given away. Right. Everybody has. There's a lot of bartering going on, but everybody has to pay for what they get, but they get it at cost. And what it did is it created this whole mindset where the wildlife would have a value. Now, the first time I went there was in May of 2017. I don't think I saw 20 animals in the two weeks I was there. Hmm. In Africa, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, you know, we're used to seeing these herds of animals in Tanzania. And yeah. the I mean, this is a, a very remote place. It's, it's a Mopani forest. Uh, it's ringed by Rift Valley uh, cliffs and, and mountainous, you know, somewhat semi-mountainous areas, but very yeah. rugged, very remote. It's not big open plains, right. but there is enough places where you can see the wildlife if they're there. And there's this incredible habitat, but there was no wildlife. 
Wow. Because they were all being killed by poachers. Yeah. And the poachers were using dogs. They'd run the animals until they get tired, then they would yeah. spear them. They would take rebar and sharpen it, put it the end of a stout pole, and they would kill the animals that way. Some of them made their own uh, homemade shotguns and muzzleloaders. Crazy-looking things. They look yeah. like out of a science project, but these guys would shoot these things, and I'd be like, oh, my. Yeah. Uh, and then the and they're lethal. Is, yeah, and then the other thing is, is, the, is the wire snares. Yeah. You know, the wire snares, you know, guys. Unbelievably cruel. You can put up 100 of these things around a water hole because everything has to come to drink. Yeah. So if you put these wire snares around there, one poacher can put 100 out in a week. And he may come back and pick up an animal or two. He may leave the other 98 of them alone. Yeah. And they continue to kill indiscriminately. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and the thing about those snares that is so detrimental, typically in Africa, almost all, you know, the male species of these animals, the, the, the antelope species, the males, have horns. Yeah. So when they get their heads into these snares, almost always that horn will hit some part of the wire snare and it makes a very unnatural sound yeah and almost always they stop and they back out but the female and the young with no horns when they feel that pressure of that snare on their neck it's that that instinct to fly yeah to get away and it kills them immediately so we lost entire generations yeah of these antelope species it's pathetic absolutely pathetic if people want to take a closer look at the shepherds of wildlife they can go online and check it out yes shepherds of wildlife.org dot org yep dot org so we're 51c3 uh if folks want to watch the film you can go there or you can go to killingtheshepherd.com it's available on our website and over the course of 2022 it'll start to roll out on different platforms you'll start probably seeing on amazon uh 2b pluto all that kind of stuff i want to talk a little bit about this uh film um killing the shepherd is uh, is the name of it. Boy, that's that's pretty graphic right off the bat. Get your attention. And then you start watching the film and you see why. This is a graphic matter. You know, the real world of Africa is not a simple or, you know, it's very complex. Um, it's a difficult place. You know, death is, you know, is really looked at differently than we do here in America. We take a lot of things for granted. We're very, very blessed to have the things we have you know we have you know you can go down the grocery store you can have food we've outsourced our killing so we can have you know i I like to tell people it's like you know how many people in the room here have ever bought a mcdonald's happy meal raise your hand if you bought one okay everybody in the room's bought one okay well let me explain something to you here there's nothing happy about a happy meal there's nothing happy about a happy meal it doesn't matter if you got the cheeseburger or the chicken nuggets you paid someone to raise and slaughter an animal to feed your kid And that's okay, because without the death of about 82 billion land-based animals annually on this planet, humanity ceases to exist. We've been hunting for a long time. We've been eating animals for a long time. Some cases we get eaten, too. You know, that circle of life goes on. So the biggest problem we have, and this is what we're seeing in Africa, we're seeing other parts of the world, is that there is a tidal wave of humanity. Seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet never seen these numbers of people before well what do we do we need to have food so we continue to cut down forests cut down jungles drain marshes and swamps in order to cultivate more food and what happens when you go in places like where i'm at in zambia this is substandard soils they are not equipped to handle the type of agriculture that they're trying to grow which is maize or corn which is you know native to North America, needs a lot of nutrients in the soil, needs a lot of water. It doesn't work very well sometimes for these folks. Plus, you got all kinds of other factors trying to eat this stuff. Yeah. You know, baboons, primates love corn just like we do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. do warthogs. 
yeah. <laughs> so do hippos. Right. So you know, so you've got all these things and army ants and you know, there's just so many difficult things. So, but yeah, we have this huge amount of people out there on the landscape across the world, and we're destroying all this habitat. Yeah. So if we destroy all the habitat, then we're not going to have a question about whether or not we can hunt these animals because they're just not going to exist. Yeah. We are uh, talking to Tom Opry about his brand new film. It's called Killing the Shepherd. Uh, very quickly, where can we see it now? When will it be rolling out in other places? Well, right now you can go to killingtheshepherd.com. That's okay. probably the easiest place. We have a digital release going on our website uh, through the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. And then from there, it'll start to roll out. It'll be on DVD, Blu-ray through the website. And then it'll also go on to various platforms. So you'll be able to Google it, show up. But if you go to any of our uh, Facebook uh, Twitter, Instagram accounts for the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. Uh, you'll be able to see regular updates on what we're doing. There'll be trailers for the film, sneak peeks, so you can get an idea what it's all about. This is not a hunting film. Right. This is a film. I, I, I'll be real. You know, this film, when we first put it together, it took us three and a half years. So I spent probably about 100, 120 days in country, embedded with Game Scouts, in the communities, sitting with these people eating, you know, trying to focus on the wildlife to see what was happening, and, and, and an incredible story with the wildlife. I noticed you spent a lot of time with the villagers. Well, yeah, again, that's the story. Yeah. You know, we can't sit here and keep saying, well, how great hunters are. Look what we've done. Look what we've done for the last 120, 30 years. It doesn't resonate with the broader public. And, again, like I said, the politicization is going on. These people are voters. Yeah. And if they go to the poll and they're going to vote for XYZ, you know, candidate or uh, you know, signed. You know, there's IP13 in Oregon right now. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's a a, a drive to get signatures to put on the ballot in Oregon to make it a felony, an automatic felony, to kill any animal, wow. domestic or wild. Wow. So you want to talk about? And again, it, it's about mob rules in this case. But you got to remember, here in North America, here in the United States, only about five or six percent of the population buys a hunting license in any yeah. given year. So if that's the case, you know, in an election, 50% plus one wins the day, right? Yep. So that means we're about 45% plus one behind before we even show up at the ballot box. Yeah, I was uh, at a youth, uh, a youth event yesterday morning. We were teaching them some outdoor skills. Uh, and uh, one of the instructors and I were visiting, and he said, what do you think the average age of the uh, North American hunter is now? You want to take a stab at that? You're probably going to get pretty close. I'm going to say 55? 54. Okay, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, 54. I'm that 54, by the way. In 10 to 15 years, we are going to be dinosaurs. We're going to be extinct if we don't do something about this. I want to thank my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country, Joe and Ann Kirchival, for bringing us this corner of the camp house. I also want to thank them for the best chicken fried axis and the sweetest mattress I've ever slept on. The incredible dogs that I hunt behind when I visit them. The plentiful and hard-flying birds. That's why every time I roll across the creek and out the gate, I say, I'll be back. <laughs> Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. We're back with Tom Opry in a couple of minutes. I'm Craig Boddington. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it at Kinder Outdoors. It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, one thing that's great about archery is anybody can do it. Men, women, or children, everybody can do this. Um, our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime, great sport, and everybody can be successful at. Americans are learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, 
has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell some bimbo and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas. Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun, or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. The world has taken a severe turn. The COVID-19 pandemic is having its effects on all reaches of the world, physically, emotionally, and financially. For DSC, our message and the work that we do every day has never been more important than right now. Since the very beginning of conservation work in the U.S., it's been the hunter that has had the greatest concern and impact for wildlife and wild places. Now that same effort should be directed towards the outfitters and guides around the globe that have made the financial commitment necessary for their conservation work. Let's all be mindful of those that might not only lose income for a season, but could potentially lose their businesses entirely without our help. Reach out to an outfitter. Ask them about the best options if you had a hunt postponed or canceled. How we treat each other right now will have a direct impact on the future of our heritage. Learn more at BigGame.org. We the people and our right to bear arms and our right to free speech gather here. This is Kinder Outdoors. A lot of you guys know my buddy Wally Marshall. He uh, he is Mr. Crappie. His Mr. Crappie products are sold with Luz and Strike King and 
wherever you buy your fishing stuff, you're going to find Mr. Crappie products. Well, he's a heck of a bird hunter. He loves to hunt up on birds, and he's done it all of his life. He's owned some really good dogs. And one year ago, last January, he and his wife, Tanya, and Robin and I went down to the Texas Hill Country and spent a few days with my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch. Wally had never been there. We ate like kings and queens like you do when you're at Joshua Creek Ranch. We enjoyed five-star lodging, and the bird hunting is phenomenal. That's why Beretta and Orvis both endorse this place as, hey, the very finest. Joshua Creek Ranch. Wally came away from there saying, quote, that's the best bird hunting I've ever done. Why don't you go get some of that? Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. My friend Tom Opry up in Whitefish, Montana, has a new film. It's called Killing the Shepherd. I had a conversation with him on stage at Dallas Safari Club a couple of weeks ago. I recorded it, and we've been playing it back on the show today. Here's the final segment. Enjoy. It's not rocket science here, Billy. People want to have you know, a healthy environment to live in. They want to have clean water, clean rivers and streams. They want to have healthy forests. They want to have vibrant wildlife populations. Well, it's the hunters who were hunting spending their money and putting their time into it. Because let's face it, anytime you have something you care about, you're gonna take you're gonna take care of it. Yeah. And when we do that, what we've seen in the last hundred and twenty years is that we care about deer and turkey and quail. We care about lions and elephants. We care about our Argali sheep species around the world. And there is not a single species of animal that's been legally hunted using science as a management tool that has ever even been put on the endangered list, let alone become extinct. Matter yeah. of fact, it's a complete opposite. Yeah. You know, whether it be rhinos or, I mean, look at the white-tailed deer populations in North America. I mean, our ancestors didn't see these numbers. Same thing with turkeys. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that responsibility. It's about being a good steward of the land and making sure that we leave this planet better than the way we found it. Tom Oprey's new film is called Killing the Shepherd. I highly recommend you go online and uh, and watch it. Can my 10-year-old granddaughter watch this, or is she a little young? No, no. You know, it's she'll, a difficult film. It? It's a difficult film, but I, they will get it. It's done in a very tasteful way. I mean, there's there's no, there's no crazy things in it. Yeah. Uh, we do go on on some raids, and we do capture guns from you know from folks and whatnot from poachers. But one of the coolest things about this project is. Uh, I came back from the very first shoot, and uh, I filmed a slab of concrete with some concrete blocks next to it, next to a, a hand well. And the operator said that, well, that was supposed to be a school, but, you know, the people ran out of money, the community did, and they weren't able to build it. And my father-in-law, Dr. Peter Nalos from African Children's Schools, he had started this nonprofit about a dozen years ago because um, he was out hunting in Ethiopia, and he said, hey, I see a need here, and he had this epiphany. And he says, instead of me hunting, I'm going to go ahead and build schools in the bush for kids. And so to date, they've built close to 60 schools. We've got a couple orphanages. But I showed this video to him. He's visiting the family. He's like, wow, that's really cool. What's going on here? And I explained to him. He's like, well, you know I have a nonprofit that builds schools, don't you? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm just a filmmaker. So, And uh, I, uh, the next day, we were on a WhatsApp call with the Nortons at Macasa Safaris. Nice. And by a, within a week, the nonprofit had wired to them half of the proceeds to build three schools. Wow. And it ended up not only building three schools, uh, but we were able to, to build uh, the, the latrines that have to go with them and then provide the uniforms. And the coolest thing, though, there's two huge things here. There was one school that was close to the river. It was set up for about 80 kids. Hmm. 
Within the first three months, there was about 380 kids attending the school. They were coming across the river in dugouts and not even in the hunting area concession yeah. from a different area. And uh, these kids were going to school for the first time in their lives. Probably That's 800 crazy. to 900 kids are going to school for the first time because wow. I took my cameras to that area. And they're learning English, which wow. is the language, is the international language of commerce. Huh. And these are the next leaders of yeah. their country. That's and their understanding right. and, and that what we've been able to provide as hunters is given them the opportunity to break out of those bonds of poverty. And it's such a wonderful thing that yeah. to see that. It's very humbling. Sure. And uh, so that's one of the just the greatest things that I've experienced from this project. Because, you know, let's face it, at the end of the day, if we don't take care of these things, they're going to go away. Yeah. And we're going to lose them. And we're losing things faster than, than you can believe. If you think it's only about lions and leopards and elephants and rhinos, i got something here for you. Yeah. Look what IB, IP13 is doing yeah. in Oregon. Exactly. It's not just your, it'll be your turkeys, it'll be your deer, it'll be your ducks, it'll be your quail, it'll be your pheasant. And all it takes is 50% plus one. Uh, I want to talk one more time about the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. For those that are just joining us in a nutshell, what is that? So basically, uh, it's a nonprofit, 501c3, and uh, we started it in its core. It's a very unique wildlife conservation and habitat stewardship group in so much as it's made up of its core of wildlife photographers and outdoor filmmakers. We see what's going on in nature every day. We're out there documenting it. But we also see man's impact, and it's not good. And so the reality is, is we said, well, we've got this phenomenal photography and great filmmaking. Let's go ahead and tell these stories of people and their relationship with wildlife. So my goal as a filmmaker now and as our organization is to give a voice to these rural indigenous communities. And these rural indigenous communities doesn't mean it's something out of National Geographic. It's not somebody just in Zambia. It could be somebody in Scotland in the Highlands. It can be somebody in Montana, Montana Ranch and family dealing with wolves and dealing with grizzly bears and dealing with you know, large nonprofits that are buying up you know, hundreds and thousands of square miles and taking it out of production and affecting their livelihoods. These are the stories we have to tell because that's what resonates with the broader public. They understand that. You can't talk about hundreds of millions of dollars spent on conservation or billions of dollars. You can't talk about millions of acres. That's all fine and dandy. But you're going to lose the minute you go and talk to that 39-year-old housewife in Hoboken, New Jersey. You've got to hit them with that emotional aspect. Will these people have an opportunity to have food stability? Are they going to have a job? Are they going to be able to make two ends meet? Are they going to have access to health care? Are they going to have an opportunity to let their kids get an education? We take that for granted. Hey, uh, check it out. It's called Killing the Shepherd from my friend Tom Opry. I know most of you are familiar with Tom's spectacular work. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, you know, there was one little thing I wanted to remind people yes. on this film. Um, you know, we put it in a bunch of film festivals. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah, you know, and honestly, I, uh, we, we do talk about hunting in the film, and it's obviously pro, uh, pro, you know, towards hunting. And the reality, I thought, was I might get in five or six film festivals if I was lucky. Today, or as of this week, we've been uh, selected by 39 different film festivals all over the world. That's awesome. And we've won 20 major awards for the film, everything from Best Documentary Feature to Best Cinematography. But probably the most important awards that we've won is about a half dozen awards for Best Indigenous Film, Social and, and Wildlife Issues, and Human Rights. Awesome. And that's really what that's this has to be about. It's all about people, and it's about our relationship with our wildlife resources and the responsibility we have yeah. to take care of them. And if we don't, they're going to be gone. This new film is worthy of your time, and I hope you'll invite the whole family to gather around the uh, screen tonight and tune in. Killing the Shepherd is the film from my friend Tom Opry. It's going to cost you about 20 bucks. 
And, boy, you can pack the room like, remember how you used to uh, pack that old car? People in the trunk and everything going to the drive-in movie? <laughs> Do the same thing, 20 bucks, and uh, you can get the whole family and the neighborhood in to your place tonight to watch Killing the Shepherd. It's really important to the future of wildlife. We should pay attention to this research and work that Tom has done. The world needs to know how hunting is conservation, and this movie explains it as well as you'll ever hear the story told. Hey, come see me this week at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. We've got some really cool T-shirts we're giving away, and we want to give you one. All you have to do is register at the website. I wish we could give one to everybody, but we can't do that. Uh, but we do give some away every week. So, hey, throw your name in the hat, and we're going to do another drawing on Monday, give away some more of those shirts. We're all out of time, got to go, but I do want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time that we have together in this old camp house each week. I want to thank you for hanging out with me and invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. Yeah!